Hello and welcome to The Grove Zone. You have tuned into the podcast of the Union Grove Missionary Baptist Church of Warner Robins, Georgia. At Union Grove, we are learning, serving, giving, and connecting under the leadership of our senior pastor, Dr. David Anthony Clark Sr. For more information on Union Grove, find us on the web at www. TheGroveWR.org. And now, here's a word from the Lord. Well, we're canceling fear this month, canceling fear. We've been focusing on different things to cancel this entire year, uh, year of cancellation, canceling fear. So I want to take you to a rather familiar passage of scripture that I tried to avoid. I tried to avoid, but uh, the Lord just seemed to have me in 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1. I'm going to begin reading at verse 3. 2 Timothy chapter 1, beginning at verse 3. Deacons, thank you for such a powerful devotion. Thank you. We haven't had devotion in over two years. The deacons came through today. Thank you all. Amen. 2 Timothy chapter 1. I'm going to begin reading at verse 3. How about we do this responsively? How about we do this responsively? And I know that uh, the few of you who have joined me for Emana. Uh, earlier this year when we ministered from First and Second Timothy, you may recall that I shared from this text and I preached from this text a number of times, uh, but I, I believe it's going to be different today. I believe it's going to be different today. Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 3. And I would appreciate it if more of you would join me for Emana. Now, I know we have men's Bible study, women's Bible study. Those of you who are taking in men's Bible study, women's Bible study, I commend you. I appreciate you. But if we could get more uh, of the people of God who are not taking in men's Bible study, women's Bible study, to join me for Emana on Wednesday, 7 o'clock p.m. Uh, I'd appreciate it, and I pray that you would appreciate it as well. All right? Uh, but 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 3. I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. New Living Translation. If you do not have the New Living Translation, that should be available for you on the screen. I'll begin with verse 3. If you'd read the even-numbered verses... And then we'll read verse 11 together in unison. Timothy, I thank God for you, the God I serve with a clear conscience, just as my ancestors did. Night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I know that I know that same faith continues strong in you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. For God saved us and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan from before the beginning of time, to show us his grace through Christ Jesus. Verse 11 together. 
and God chose me to be a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of this good news. Amen. Amen. I'm going to try and talk today from the thought, too scared to be me. Too scared to be me. Too scared to be me. A commercial I love watching is a Geico commercial where the Green Hawk tries to hide his superhero identity from his co-workers. Craig is at work at his desk in a shirt and tie when he hears the news that a giant robot has landed downtown. As he takes off his work clothes, you see he's wearing a Green Hawk superhero suit and his superhero Green Hawk mask. He looks up as he's changing and he sees his co-workers looking at him and says, hey guys, this is just my workout stuff. One of his co-workers says, we know you're the Green Hawk. Then another co-worker says, everyone knows. Craig tries to gaff it off, says, that's bananas. Just as he emphatically insists he's not the Green Hawk, a delivery guy brings food into the room and says, delivery for Green Hawk. As followers of Jesus, we are not superheroes. But we do have a message that can save lives. This message is the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. The good news that God loved us enough to, to send his only begotten son, Jesus, to die for us, to die for our sins. And if we embrace Jesus as our Savior and Lord, we'll receive the gift of eternal life. Through Jesus, we can live beyond the grave because, as Paul stated in verse 10, Jesus broke the power of death and illuminated the way to life and immortality. Because Jesus shed his blood on Calvary's cross, our sins are washed away. We are in right standing with God and have the blessed hope of spending eternity in his presence. That's good news, y'all. I said that's good news. That's a message the whole world needs to hear. That's a message every gangbanger needs to hear. That's a message every pimp needs to hear. That's a message every politician needs to hear. Putin needs to hear that message. Kim Jong-un needs to hear that message. In some instances, sharing that message can be quite risky. Quite risky. The Apostle Paul knew this quite well. In fact, as he wrote this letter to his spiritual son, Pastor Timothy, Paul was in prison. But incarceration could not stop Paul from being who he was as an apostle. He knew, as he told Timothy in verse 11, I hope you have your Bible or your app open. In verse 11, Paul says, And God chose me to be a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of this good news. As an apostle, he knows who he is in God's eyes. And he's not afraid or ashamed to be it. Although it cost him his freedom, he's still who God has called him to be. He's not scared to be himself an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, in nearly every letter he wrote, he began by introducing himself as an apostle of Jesus Christ, chosen by God. Uh, he's not scared to be known as an apostle, sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. If the apostle Paul lived in Warner Robins in our day and time, I, I can see him as an apostle at Walmart on Watson, the Galleria Mall, Old Times Country Buffet, at the Warner Robins Northside game, the Houston Lake Cinemas. I could even see the Apostle Paul as an apostle 
at the homecoming at Fort Valley State University, if they were to mess up his order at the drive-thru at McDonald's, he'd still be an apostle. He'd be a, he'd be a ticked off apostle, but he'd, he'd be an apostle. If they had all the self-checkout kiosk closed and only one cashier at Kroger, he'd still be an apostle in line all the way to back to the stockroom. He'd still be an apostle. If you saw Paul's picture on Houston County Crime or Houston County 411 on Facebook, Paul would still be an apostle. Paul wasn't scared to be him. In fact, Paul wrote this letter to Timothy. And, uh, if he wrote this letter to Timothy in our day and time, he probably would have been writing it from the Houston County Detention Center. He was locked up as he wrote this, this letter to his son in hopes of getting Timothy to be who God has called him to be. Chosen to proclaim the gospel of Jesus. Timothy was chosen by God to bear witness to Jesus being the savior of men. He, like you and I, had, had a God-given assignment to be light, to be salt, to be a witness. Tim would have to choose to be who God chose him to be. But it looks like fear has gotten in the way. It appears that Timothy was being hidden due to his fear rather than being driven by his fire. Paul's imprisonment must have shaken old Tim and made him afraid to share the good news himself. Paul told him God hadn't given him a spirit of fear. A spirit of fear. A, a spirit of fear. Is fear a spirit? Is it, is it, is it a spirit? Is fear some spirit that comes from the devil and needs to be cast out? Consider what Jesus said to his disciples regarding their fears in Matthew chapter 10, verses 28 to 31. Matthew 10, 28 to 31. Here's what Jesus told his disciples regarding their fears. Don't be afraid of those who want to kill your body. They cannot touch your soul. Fear only God who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Watch this, y'all. What is the price of two sparrows? One copper coin? But not a single sparrow can fall to the ground without your father knowing it. And the very hairs on your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. Verse 31, Jesus did not say, so I cast out the spirit of fear from among you. No, he simply told them, don't be afraid. You mean more to God than sparrows, so don't be afraid. He didn't get some oil and lay hands on them and say, in the name of myself, I cast out the spirit of... No, he told them, don't be afraid. Jesus told his disciples to check or suppress their fears. He gave them some things to focus on that would empower them to bear witness rather than be bound by weakness. So is fear some spirit to be cast out or is it a part of our human nature that needs to be put in check? Paul didn't tell Timothy he was praying to cast out his spirit of fear. He told Timothy that fear he had was not God given and he, Timothy, needed to check it. If, he, if we were to ask Timothy who, who he was at the time Paul wrote him this letter, Timothy would probably say, I'm too scared to be me. Fear is real. Fear happens. I'm sure you can relate. 
Imagine someone, imagine someone you love witnessing a murder but reluctant to talk to the police because they know snitches get stitches. Y'all know if you, y'all, y'all know if you, if you tell the police on certain people, your home will get shot up. You may or may not urge them to come forth and call crime stoppers, especially if this loved one lived in your home. And we'd probably give them one piece of advice if they lived, you know, if we lived in Centerville and they lived in Roberta. Well, you just let the Lord lead you. You pray about it. That, that person, that family deserved justice. You just let God lead you. But if they live in your house, you better not call. No, listen, you, you get a pay phone. Call from a pay phone. Put the, put the handkerchief over the phone. Let, make sure they can't recognize your voice. Don't, don't, you call them from, don't you call from my house phone now. The same happens. Fear, fear, fear can shut down the testimony of the person who witnessed firsthand what went down. The same happens for so many of us in the kingdom of God. Although we are called to be witnesses of the Lord Jesus Christ, we live in silence with our testimonies on lockdown as if we're in a witness protection program. Fear is real. Fear happens. What are our fears in 2022 that that keep us hiding God's call on our lives to bear witness to this gospel? I bet the number one the number one fear, and we, could, we can examine it real quick, is the fear of losing our jobs. You can't go to work, just walk in the door, saying, Jesus is Lord, and all y'all need to be saved. And I know everyone in education, I know you would love to walk in that school, grab the microphone for the PA, and tell them, look here, kids, every last one of y'all, even those of you who go to somebody's church, all y'all need some Jesus in your life. And all y'all, tell your mamas, I said. They need some Jesus in their life. Tell your mama that the wages of sin is death. T- tell your mama the next time she come up here with her bonnet on her head and her flip-flops and socks and pajama pants, tell, the next time your mama come up here, tell her Jesus saves. If only it was that simple. If only you, if you could get away with it, you'd probably do it. How many of y'all would love to go on base? Those of you working on base would love to go on base tomorrow and just park your car at, at the exchange and just tell her, Jesus, say all y'all need to be every colonel, every general, every civil, every GS-15, infinity, GS-5. All y'all need to, get, to be saved. We fear, we fear losing our jobs. Now, granted, we need to exercise some discretion. We need to exercise some discretion so we can keep our jobs and continue to feed our families until we get like all, all the rest of y'all and be retired. I ain't hating. Well, I am a little bit, but, but I, you know. I... Fear, fear can cause us to shut down, fear of losing our jobs, but all, all, I think many of us can relate to the fear of rejection. The fear of rejection. We offer Christ and he's rejected. It can, the fear of rejection can shut us down. The fear of being criticized can shut us down. For young people in school who, who, who know there's a mandate on your life to, to share the good news with your classmates, to share the good news with, 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 your, with your peers and even with some of your, uh, some of your uh, people who may be teaching, teaching you in class, uh, you, you may be afraid of not fitting in. You may be afraid of being a standout. You may be afraid of, of not being cool. Amen. 
then some Christian leaders may be afraid of being canceled by cancel culture just by letting the world know Jesus saves. But why should we suppress our fears and, and, uh, to live out God's call on our lives? Why, why should we suppress the witness God has put on the inside of us? Why, why should we suppress the gospel of Jesus, the good news, the, the testimony that you and I have? I, 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 should, I should suppress my fear. Uh, uh, may, may, maybe, I should be, maybe I should really consider this because when you think about it, when you think about it, why should I be afraid when sinners ain't scared to be them? Why should I be afraid to be me, holy and on fire for God when sinners ain't scared to be them? Matter of fact, when we were sinners out in the world, we wasn't scared to be sinners. Okay, the three of us, the three of us who, who would shut the club down, the three of us who, who drank and drove, the three of us who, who did any kind of sin you can mention, we, wasn't, we weren't ashamed to be sinners. If the sinner ain't ashamed to be a sinner, why should I be scared to be me? People who oppose us ain't scared to be them. People who don't want you to share the good news of Jesus. People who don't want you to live holy. People who oppose you sharing the word of God with them. People who oppose you sharing with them what, what God has said in his word. They, they ain't afraid to oppose you at work, on Facebook, on social media, at the, at the family reunion, at the class reunion, at the funeral repast, at the wedding reception. They ain't scared to oppose you with their atheism and their Hinduism and all these other isms. They, they ain't scared to oppose you. So if they ain't scared to oppose you, why should you be scared to be you? Why should I suppress, why, why should I suppress my fears? And maybe, maybe when I think about how sinners ain't scared to be them and people who oppose us aren't scared to be them. And then think about this. The devil ain't scared to be him. The devil ain't scared to be him. The devil ain't scared to attack your body. The devil ain't scared to put lies in your mind. The devil ain't scared to attack your family. The devil ain't scared to attack your health. The devil ain't scared to attack your child. The devil ain't scared to attack your money. The devil ain't scared to attack our community. The devil ain't scared to attack black people. The devil ain't scared to attack poor people. The devil ain't scared to attack and, and bombard us with lies. So why should we be scared to be us? But here's something you really need to consider. God ain't scared to be God. And if God ain't scared to be God, why should I be scared to be me? God ain't scared to be holy. God ain't scared to be righteous. God ain't scared to heal. God ain't scared to deliver. God ain't scared to save. God ain't scared to fulfill his word. God ain't scared to fight your battles. God ain't scared to pick you up and turn you around. God ain't scared to open doors for you no man can shut. God ain't scared to make ways for you out of no way. God ain't scared to shut your enemies down and make them your footstool. The last time I checked, God ain't scared to be God. And if God ain't scared to be God, I should not be scared to be me don't be scared to be who God has called you to be but fear is real fear happens we can either be hidden because of our fears or driven because of our fire Timothy's spiritual father reminded him as to who he was we hope he hoped he hoped y'all he hoped to challenge Timothy to rekindle his fire for purpose he hoped to challenge Timothy to rekindle his fire for God's call on his life and to keep that fire burning. 
His father tried to help him. Let me show you a couple of things Paul tried to help him with. We're going to raise up. First thing, Paul tried to help Timothy with appreciation. He tried to help Timothy with appreciation. I'm in verse number three. Appreciation. Here's what Paul told Timothy in verse three. Timothy, I thank God for you. He expressed appreciation for Timothy. Paul tries to tries to pull Timothy up into his potential. He, he tries to pull Timothy up into God's call on his life. He, he's trying to pull Timothy up into his kingdom identity, who, who God would have him to be by telling him, Timothy, I thank God for you. Paul appreciated Timothy. This must have done wonders for Timothy's fire. Think about it, y'all. Think about it. There are some people we know who shut down because they feel unappreciated. There are some people who feel withdrawn, some people who rather withdraw and will, and, and will just consider their own worth when they feel unappreciated. Paul told Tim, I thank God for you. I want y'all to hear me, y'all. Hear me well. You are appreciated. All of you are appreciated. All of you serving are appreciated. All of you who compose the, this flock of God, you are appreciated. Your story is appreciated. Your testimony is appreciated. Your witness is appreciated and necessary. With all God has brought you through, your testimony is appreciated. You are not a superhero, but you have a message that can save someone's life. Don't hide it. Don't hide who you are in Christ. Don't hide it. Paul tries to get Timothy to come out of hiding with appreciation. There's a second thing Paul did. Paul, Paul tries to pull Timothy out of hiding, not only with appreciation, but with intercession. Intercession. Let the church say appreciation. And intercession. Intercession. I'm still in verse 3. Verse 3. Timothy, I thank God for you. That's appreciation. The God I serve with a clear conscience, just as my ancestors did. Night and day. Here's the intercession. I constantly remember you in my prayers. I constantly remember you in my prayers. Paul says, listen, I'm on lockdown, but they can't lock down my prayer life. I'm, I'm on lockdown, but they can't lock down me calling on the name of Jesus. I'm on lockdown, but they can't lock down me storming the gates of heaven on behalf of people I want to see God bless. And people I want to see God prosper. And people I want to see God use. And people I, I want God to manifest his power through. I'm, Timothy, I'm, I'm constantly praying for you. And I'm wondering, y'all, I'm, I'm wondering, what could Paul... What, what could have Paul asked the Lord to do for his son, Timothy? What do you think Paul may have prayed? Paul may have prayed to God, God, for my son, Timothy, give him the confidence he needs to serve you with, with, with fire. God, for my son, Timothy, cause him to come out of that, that place of insecurity and serve you like he knows you can protect him. God, I, I lift up my son, Timothy. I pray that you will just assure him that you're with him. And as long as you're with him, who can stand? against him God I'm just praying for my son Timothy that you protect him from his own fears protect him from his own insecurity protect him from his own his own proclivities and I wonder how many of y'all know that God answers prayer 
that if we intercede for service in our lives, if we intercede for service in our churches, if you, if you want to intercede for someone else on your respective ministry team, you've got to believe that God shall answer prayer. The effectual fervent prayers of the righteous availeth much. I believe Paul prayed for Timothy because he loved Timothy and because he cared for Timothy, but even more so, I believe Paul interceded for Timothy because Paul knew that God answers prayer. God answers prayer. God answers prayer. So we have uh, 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 appreciation. We have intercession. But then Paul also shows us something powerful to pull Timothy up so that he, he knows who he is and he's confident in his kingdom identity. Paul tries to pull Timothy up with affirmation affirmation appreciation i thank god for you intercession i'm constantly praying for you affirmation look at verse number five verse five i remember your genuine faith uh, timothy you may not think that you're qualified you may not think that you could handle it you may be afraid that they're going to lock you up like they locked me up i want to affirm you i want to speak into your life i want to speak about the positive the good things about you the strengths that you have yes you like all the rest of us have weaknesses but timothy let me affirm you and i wonder how many of us in here are lacking confidence and lacking security because we lack affirmation Someone speaking into your life, telling you the, what, what God has put inside of you, what God, what God has done for you already. Listen to how Paul affirms Timothy. I remember your genuine faith. Verse 5. Other people may not see it, but, but I remember your genuine faith. Other people may talk about your weaknesses. Other people may talk about how they don't know if they can follow your leadership. Other people may talk about how insecure you are and, and, and whatever. But, but I want to affirm you, Timothy. I noticed so many things about you, but I have not forgotten your faith. Your faith. The second affirmation is verse number seven. Verse seven. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity. But Timothy, what you have, let me tell you what you have in case you haven't noticed it. Tim, you have power. You have love. You have self-discipline. Timothy, other people may talk about your shortcomings and they may, they may go off on you on social media and they, they, they got stuff about you in the rumor mill. But Timothy, I noticed, if no one else noticed, I noticed that God has given you power, love, and a sound mind. You, you, you have faith, Timothy. Don't, don't, don't look too, don't, don't be so hard on yourself. Don't, don't put yourself down too much. Yeah, you gotta, gotta do something about that fear. The fear is a thing. Fear happens, but at the same time, Timothy, you have faith. You've trusted Jesus as your savior. You trust that Jesus is the savior of men. You trust that Jesus of Nazareth is the very son of God. You, you've exercised faith to, to claim him as your savior, to claim him as your Lord. Timothy, you got faith. Don't, don't sleep on your faith. Don't, don't sleep on your faith that not only gets you saved, but, but it can get God to move on your behalf. Timothy, don't sleep on your faith. Don't cause, don't cause your fear to eclipse your faith. And I wonder how many of us are guilty of allowing our fears to eclipse our faith or to, how many of us are, are, are guilty of allowing our weaknesses to eclipse our strengths. You can't see your strengths because all you see is your weaknesses. Paul says, Paul says to Timothy, Tim, I want to affirm you, you have faith, you have faith, you have every right to serve the Lord. You have every reason to let God use you with security and confidence because you, I remember your genuine faith. But then at the same time, again, Timothy, Timothy, you, you have some stuff in you that can dispel darkness. I want to look at each of these uh, uh, power, love and a sound mind and how it dispels darkness. And every believer, every believer in Jesus Christ has within us, we have faith, 
but we also have what can, what can dispel darkness, power, love, and a sound mind. Abused power perpetuates darkness. We can see abused power. We can see power undergirded and influenced and infused with evil. We see what Russia is doing in the Ukraine. Are y'all with me? But, 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 but there's a power, a God-given power. Remember when Jesus told his disciples, uh, and you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. It's power to be a witness. It's power to spread good. It's power to, to, to be available to God so God can turn things around in the earth. It's, it's power that causes you to be available to God so God can work miracles through you. That, that God can cause souls to be saved through you. God, God, wants, God wants bowed down heads to be lifted up through you. It's power. Power. Power that can turn things around. Power that can cast out devils. Power that can cause the gospel to go forth even when your life is on the line power power that the world cannot give and the world cannot take away is power 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 that applause cannot give and the lack of applause cannot take away power is power that popularity cannot give and the lack of popularity cannot take away Power. power that freedom cannot give and power that incarceration can't take away. Paul behind jail cell, Paul, behind jail bar says, I'm still anointed. I'm still anointed. I still got power. And I need somebody in here who's going through to declare I'm still anointed. So, someone, someone who's battling, battling something in, the, in spiritual warfare to declare, I'm still anointed. Someone who's made a mistake recently. Someone who may have committed a sin lately. Someone who may have dropped the ball uh, uh, recently to declare, I'm still anointed. Someone who's wrestling with your own insecurity. Someone who's been up and been down. Someone who's been leveled to the ground to declare, I need you to declare, I'm still anointed. Someone who knows that everybody smiling in your face does not like you, does not appreciate you, will not welcome you, but you got to declare, if don't nobody else receives it, I'm still anointed. Still anointed. It's power that can change the world. It's power that can dispel darkness. It's power. It's power that can bring peace in places where there's violence. It's power that can cause the kingdom of God to come and dispel and, and, and cause to push back the kingdom of darkness. We, we, have, we have power that's, that God has given us. We need this power. In every classroom, we need this power. Every teacher needs this power. Every, every administrator needs this power. Everyone in the board of education needs this power. We, we, we need math teachers with this power. We need social studies teachers with this power. We need coaches, Elder Reagan, with this power. We, we need this power everywhere. With all that our children are dealing with, with the power of evil attacking our baby, we need this power. We need it everywhere. We need it everywhere. Paul told Timothy, listen, here's why you shouldn't be scared to be you. God has given you power. Not only that, he says God has given you love. Let the church say love. love. This love dispels darkness. Darkness, the evil one, the enemy, wants to use hate to perpetuate darkness. He wants to use hate to perpetuate, perpetuate all the effects of evil and darkness. Hate, murder, racism, domestic violence, and other forms of sin. Uh, he, he wants to perpetuate darkness. But love, love, love dispels darkness. Love for sinners. Love for our enemies. Love for God to please him. It's a love that, love that causes you to forgive folk. And, and I'm not just talking about forgive them just in the word. But I mean, I mean when they put nails in your hands. You love them enough to pray, Father, forgive them. 
for they know not what they do. They, they don't know the glory that's on the other side of this, of this, of this persecution. They don't know the, the glory that's on the other side of this execution. I wonder how many of y'all can testify that every time people have tried to bring you down, God moved behind that on the other side of that to open a door for you that no man could shut. And you declared, just like the psalmist did, it's good for me that I had been afflicted. Because if they didn't afflict me, I'd have never started my business. If they didn't afflict me, I'd have never gone back to school. If they didn't afflict me, I'd have never been more determined to get my next degree. If they didn't afflict me, I wouldn't be living in the subdivision I'm living in now. If they didn't afflict me, I wouldn't be happy, happier now than I've ever been in my... I just want to know if there's anybody here who's ever felt like you, you were going through, but it took you coming through the other side of the go-through. For, the real, for you to realize that even the people who are trying to hurt you, they could not hurt you. Because as long as God is for you, he's more than the whole world against you. It's the love that causes you to see God's hand in your storms, God's hand in your battles, God's hand. And even when you can't see God's hand, you, you can still believe his heart in love anyhow. Love changes the world. Love dispels darkness. Y'all remember what Dr. King said? Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. And what good is it? What good is it if, if you meet road rage with road rage? Both of y'all going to have raggedy cars and y'all going to go to jail. <laughs> y'all understand what I'm saying? Love, love, love dispels darkness. And we see hatred everywhere. It was critical for Timothy to be formed and driven by this love. It was critical for this love to keep his fire burning. A love for sinners. A love for those who would oppose him. A love for those who would persecute him. A love for those who would, who would try to literally try to kill him. It's a love that would keep that fire burning. And the same goes for you and I. So be loving. Don't be scared to be loving. But then Paul told him, Paul told him, he said, God has given you self-discipline. Self-discipline. Self-discipline dispels darkness because everywhere we go, we see people who live out of control. They'll say anything. They'll do anything. They'll attack anybody. For us to live in a society where elementary school children are cursing out their teachers and their substitute, we are out of control. We see lack of discipline. We see wild and out everywhere. Then the parent comes up to the school wondering, well, what you do to my child? Yeah, perpetuating this foolishness, perpetuating this lack of discipline. God needs people in his hand. God needs vessels in his hand that know how to, know how to chill when they're ready to wild out too. Okay, so I heard, I heard four people. I just need to know, you are not, you're not on camera, won't nobody know but me. How many of y'all, every now and then, got to check that wild and out spirit? Well, you, you ready to wild out right with them. You, you go ham, I'm going ham with you. You, you want to go street, I can go street. Your head get to going. Bruhs, 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 you sitting down one minute, they get to acting crazy, you stand up. Okay, now what we ain't going to do. You ain't quoting no scripture, you just. <laughs> tell you what you ain't, what you ain't, what you ain't finna do. Yeah. Self-discipline. 
Self-discipline. Self-discipline comes into play here, y'all. And it's very important because, because self-discipline is when you go on and do what you need to do because you need to do it. Self-discipline is when you go on and do what you need to do because you need to do it. Is when you just go on and do pa- Timothy, God has given you self-discipline. You have a supernatural ability inside of you by the presence of God's spirit to be able to go on and do what you need to do because you need to do it. You can blame whoever for why you ain't preaching. You can blame whoever for why you're scared. But Timothy, the truth is God has given you the wherewithal, the discipline to go on and do what you need to do because you need to do it. Amen. Amen. So, Tim, Tim, go on and preach. Go on and shepherd the flock of God. Go on, go on and proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. You, you, you got to have that self-discipline to keep that fire going. You can blame whoever you want to blame, but, Tim, God has given you self-discipline. So, be self-disciplined. You waiting on God to do. How, how would Timothy sound? How would Timothy sound if Timothy would come up here and say, I'm just waiting on God to, I, I've been praying for God to help me to, to be a witness. I've been praying for God to, to, just, to just help me when he's already given you faith, power, love, and self-discipline. I mean, what more, what more does God have to do? You, you expect God to just, I mean... To literally pick you up, to literally open your mouth, to to literally cause his word to come forth. I mean, how much? I just been praying, asking God, listen. Sometimes I wonder if God literally wants to just show up and say, I ain't doing nothing else for you. I ain't giving you nothing. I ain't giving you nothing else. I saved your soul sanctified you, filled you with the Holy Ghost, honored your faith, added to your faith, I gave you power, I gave you love, I've given you self-discipline. I think somebody in here needs to declare, I'm just going to work what I got. I think you just need to work what you got. Work what you got. Work Work what you got. Let me hear you say it. Work what you got. I think, I think that's self-discipline. I just got to work what I got. And trust God with the rest. I got to work what I got. I'm just waiting on God. To get, God ain't, I don't think God going to give you nothing else. I'm waiting on God to open the door. Uh. Paul tries to. He tries to get Timothy to be unscared with appreciation, intercession. Tries to get Peter, uh, try to get Paul to be unscared with, with affirmation. And then finally, he tries, to get, he tries to get Timothy unscared with admonition. Admonition. Appreciation. Intercession. Affirmation. And here comes the admonition. Look at verse 6. Verse 6. The first admonition in verse 6 is to fan the flames. King James Version says, stir up the gift. Paul says, this is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you, uh, Tim, you already got something. You, you have a gift from God. Now, you, you got to keep the fire burning. Tim, Tim, you, you got to keep the fire burning. Tim, you, you got to guard your fire and keep that fire burning. 
Um, I haven't used a cigarette lighter in a long time. Long, I mean, like long. But when, I, when you use that cigarette lighter and you, you get that little flame going and you may be outside in the wind and you got to try to protect that flame. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about? I'm not, I'm not going to ask which one of y'all. I'm just saying y'all know. That. You've seen somebody, wink, wink, you've seen somebody do it. They got to guard that flame. Don't need the fire to go out. Even, even if they're doing your braids, they got to burn those ends. They got to, they got to guard that fire. Y'all didn't know I used to be a hairdresser. No, I'm just, I did. I did. I did. I did. Listen, they got, you got to guard that fire. No matter what you're trying to light, you don't, you don't want the fire to go out, so you got to guard it. You have a fire in your bosom. A fire to see God move, a fire to advance the cause of Christ, a fire to advance the kingdom of God. But that fire can be suppressed by your fear. Paul told Timothy, I need you to rekindle that fire. Your fire has gone out. You got to rekindle it. Your fire has gone out. You got to get it going again. Your fire has gone out. You got to get it burning again. I'm not praying that God gets you on fire again. I'm not praying that God stirs up your gift. Tim, you got to stir up your gift. I, he, he gives him an admonition. Tim, it's just something you're going to have to do. You got to guard your fire. You got to guard it. I, I've struggled with my fire. I, I've struggled with my fire. It, it, from 2000, I told the ministers recently, from 2018 to 2021, I was struggling with my fire. I felt like I, felt like I had no fire. I felt like it was coming and going, coming and, and I told God, God, I need my fire back. I, I felt like my, I didn't have my fire. And, and I, I've come to realize, y'all, it's, it's incumbent upon each of us to guard our fire. And when you feel a little flicker coming back, when you feel a little spark coming back, you got to sow into that flicker. You got to sow into that spark. You got to sow into it with prayer and sow into it with the word of God and sow into it with confidence. God can use me. I'm still effective. I'm still anointed. Fan the flames. That's Paul's admonition to Timothy. And then he tells him, in verse, verse 8, I need you to see verse 8. I, I, think, I think almost everybody in here knows, knows uh, uh, verse 7. Verse 7, uh, God is not giving you a spirit of fear. But I wonder how many of us know verse 8. Look at verse 8. Verse 8, he gives him another admonition in verse 8. Look at verse 8. So never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. And don't be ashamed of me either. Watch this. Here it is. Even though I'm in prison for him. Paul's admonition was for Timothy to fan the flame. Here's the second admonition. Second admonition, form your own narrative. Form your own narrative. Paul, I was on Facebook the other day. I saw you on Housing County 411. What you doing locked up? I'm in prison for him. Look at verse 8. Never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. And don't be ashamed of me either, even though I'm in prison for him. Here's how you shape your narrative, Timothy, with the strength God gives you. Be ready to suffer with me for the sake of the good news. So, Tim, they're going to talk about you. They're going to talk about you. They gonna, Tim, they're going to talk about you. The people in your own flock are going to talk about you. Your enemies are going to talk about you. You see what's going on? You see what's happening with Timothy? See, that's what happened when you, God don't like ugly. He must have done something. He must, he must have done something. Look, look at what they do. You see what they're doing to Paul. You see Paul all locked up. I saw him on Facebook. You see what they're doing to Timothy, don't you? You see how he lost his little job. You see how his, how, how his boot unleft him. You see how his kids can't say. You see what, you see what, you see what Timothy going. You, Timothy, Timothy would say, no, I'm suffering for the sake of the good news. 
I'm shaping my narrative. Now, some of us, some of us are guilty of lying to ourselves with our narrative. Because you can't do nothing wrong. Oh, no, it's impossible for you to have said something you shouldn't have said. It's impossible for you to have said something when you shouldn't have said it. You, it's impossible for you to have been wrong in that scenario that, to, to cause your, your friends to fall out with you. It's, it's, a, it's always them, ain't it? It's always them. Oh, come on. Say it in the house of God. You say it out in the streets. Say it in the house of God. You say it all on your job. Come on, say it. It's always them. People just don't. I don't know why people do that. I don't know why people. I don't know why. Maybe it ain't the people. It, it might. It might be you. You got to shape your own narrative, but I want to encourage everyone. Make sure your narrative is the same as God's narrative. Paul, why are you in jail? Is it always them? Is it that people don't understand you? Is it that people can't get you? Is it that people just don't like how you tell the truth? Is it that people don't like how you're bold with the gospel of Jesus? Or Paul, is it that you lack people skills? Paul, is it that you just say whatever, however? Or Paul, is it? it Paul will say, I'm in prison for him. Form your own narrative. So when you open up your mouth, when you're going to serve, when you're going to do what God has called you to do, what God has anointed you to do, what God has saved you to do, what God has kept you to do, what God chose you to do, form your own narrative. Especially if you've been obedient. Especially if you know you're doing what God has called you to do. Your narrative, I want to admonish you to keep it in the context of obedience and, com and commitment to what God has chosen you to do for Christ. Well, my prayer for y'all is that the gifts get released today. That fear gets checked today. That we choose to be who God chose us to be. I, I pray that somebody gets set free today and determine and declare, I am who God says I am. I can be who God says I can be. I can do what God says I can do. I can serve as how God says I can serve. Am who God says I am and in case I haven't made it clear let me tell you who you are you are chosen you've got to choose to be who you were chosen to be don't be scared to be chosen before the foundations of the earth you were chosen before your mama was born you were chosen before you drew your first breath you were chosen before you said mama for the first time you were chosen is anybody going to pray with me today you are chosen you've got to choose to be who you were chosen to be you were chosen to be the salt of the earth but if the salt has lost its savor you're good for nothing you are chosen I need to hear somebody say I am chosen come on say it so the devil can hear you I am chosen say it again so all the angels in heaven can hear you I am chosen 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 to be the light of the world you are a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden choose to be who God chose you to be you are chosen I need somebody to holler I am chosen you can't be scared to be chosen you cannot be scared to choose to be who God chose you to be you're chosen to be an heir of God joint heir with Christ chosen to suffer with him and be glorified with him I need some chosen folk to holler I am chosen 
I'm chosen. You're chosen to be more than a conqueror through him who loves you. You're chosen to do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You're the one who overcomes the accuser through the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. Don't be scared to be yourself. Did you hear what I said? I said don't be scared to be yourself. Choose to be who God has chosen you to be. Be that. Be the one who dispels darkness. You're the one God called. You're the one God saved. You're the one God kept. You're the one God protected. You're the one God delivered. You're the one God brought out of darkness. You're the one God chose to serve him. You're the one God chose to proclaim his word. Be who God chose you to be. Are y'all praying with me today? Keep that fire burning and choose to be who God has chosen you to be. And when folk don't like it, I didn't say if folk don't like it. I said when folk don't like it. When folk don't like it, you got to make up in your mind, I got to be who he's called me to be. I got to be who he's chose me to be. The world needs me to be who God has chose me. I got to be me. I got to be me. And I'm not talking about the sexy you. I'm not talking about the bougie you. I'm not talking about the ghetto you. I'm talking about the saved you. You got to be that. You ain't got to be sexy. You ain't got to be bougie. You ain't got, oh, y'all, don't get quiet now. You got to be saved. You got to be holy. You got to be sanctified. You got to be courageous enough to be different. Be that. And trust God to be God. And keep you like he said he would. And use you like he said he would. And show you favor like he said he would. And give you strength like he said he would. Trust God to be God. Because God ain't never scared to be God. Never. As we stand all over the building, I want to encourage. I want to encourage every scared vessel of the Lord to come out of that fear be free to be who God chose you to be be free to, to walk with this has been Dr. David Anthony Clark of the Union Grove Missionary Baptist Church of Warner Robins, Georgia we thank you for listening if you're ever in the Middle Georgia area, please worship with us. On the behalf of Dr. Clark and the Union Grove family, thank you for listening.